Hi, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and welcome to McCollum Wellness Radio. Now more than ever, our country needs to learn how to take care of our own health, and it's my mission to empower you on that journey. Please join me each week as I cover these topics and interview experts throughout the field to bring you the answers you need to reach your maximum health potential. Thank you and enjoy the show. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and welcome to Stepping In Radio. And I have a very special guest today, uh, Dr. Andrew Wakefield, and he is a specialist. Uh, some of you may know of him. Um, those of you that know of him know that he has done an incredible a lot of uh, work in the field of vaccinations and broken some amazing ground um, in helping us understand what needs to be done in the field of vaccinations. And, and there's a lot of controversy going on right now. So um, I asked him to join us today and he was very willing to do so. And um, I'm sure we'll have him on in a minute, but just so you know, uh, Dr. Wakefield was um, practicing as a gastroenterologist in England in the 1990s and, and before. And he uh, did some, a lot of research and he found out that there was a correlation between uh, gastrointestinal disorders and uh, what he seemed to believe was the um, MMR vaccine. Um, he did a study on uh, Lancet magazine and... Um, he uh, was actually um, attacked for his research that he put out there. And the story is uh, one of an amazing, amazing struggle and challenge to continue to try to do what was best for the people. And being an incredible um, freedom fighter, he's put forth an amazing effort to, to try to help us understand about this this condition of autism, uh, things that can contribute to it, and what we may be able to do to help it. How are we doing, Griffin? He has yet to pick up. Okay, so he, we're waiting for Dr. Wakefield to pick up. And um, so I will just continue on um, this, this area for a while. So there was uh, a... Um, a movie that you've probably heard of or seen, and it's called Vaxxed. And it's a story um, that, uh, of the struggle with um, coming out with the information regarding um, some things that were occurring with the CDC. There was a gentleman who worked for the CDC that finally decided to come out and talk about what he had seen going on in there. And his name was Dr. William Thompson. And Dr. Thompson um, contacted, uh, somehow or other, got together with Dr. Um, Wakefield. And from that, they came up with um, a lot of information that, that turned out to be the movie Vaxxed. And um, it's played all over the country. It's uh, award-winning. And from what I understand, Dr. Uh, Wakefield is now even in the throes of making another movie, and hopefully we'll be able to get him on here and talk about about what that movie is going to entail and um, you know what we can do to help the cause. So as a lot of you know, that uh, in California right now, it's mandatory vaccinations for children. And... Um, that means if you want to go to a school that has any funding from the U.S. government, and I can be, my, my facts might be slightly wrong on this, but if you want to go to a school that has um, any funding from the government, you need to have your children vaccinated against whether you think that they should be or not, or they can't go to the school. And there's quite a bit of pressure going on in this arena. So... You know, one of the things that you can do is homeschool your children. There are ways to get exemptions from it. Um, but the main thing is that it's starting to become more common around the other states that there are mandatory vaccination laws. So whether vaccinations are safe or not, um, 
it really comes down to our rights as as parents, as citizens. You know, we are we do have uh, the Constitution behind us. We should be able to uh, have a say in what's put into our body or not put into our body. And um, there's uh, been some documentaries out. One by there's actually a uh, trial in which a doctor named Dr. Staniel Plotkins testified in, and it was uh, it's about an eight-hour-long um, trial where he was. Uh, I, don't, I think it was not the trial, but it was the uh, beforehand when they're they're interviewing the different doctors or the different um, people that will be potentially sitting at trial. And it was quite interesting. I, I really encourage you, if you have any desire to find out more about the subject, to um, look up Dr. Stanley Plotkins. He's known as the godfather of vaccines. And, and just watch this and make your own decision. Um, my main goal on being on here today is it seems that with so much... Um, controversy on just about everything in the news today. I mean, we've got a huge political arena going on. Most of the media seems to be battling out one side or the other. And this gives a little time and a little attention to some issues that are really, really important to us. So, um, you know, a lot of things just get uh, swept under the rug and don't get talked about enough and we don't get enough information on them. So I think it's really important for us to be able to talk about this subject of the safety of vaccines. Um, one thing you'll find when you watch Dr. Plotkin's testimony, I don't think he knew what he was up against when he decided to um, go and, and, and be interviewed by the attorney. This attorney was so well read and um, on this whole subject that he actually had Dr. Plotkin's really thinking and really digging down to some real key components. One of the things that stood out to me was a lot of the, I think there's pretty much a, a standard um, thought out there that um, all these vaccines have been tested one way or another to a point where we know that they're safe. The trials have been safe. Well, you can listen to Dr. Plotkin's talk about the fact that most of these trials, when they put in a new vaccine in a, in a child, they are only watch that child for four days. So they go the trial of four days after the vaccine um, showed no ill effects or side effects. So, you know, um, go ahead and take a look at this yourself. Um, you can hear what I'm saying. I'm, I'm representing what I heard. And um, so why don't we go ahead? We're going to take a short break. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a, my second fasting workshop um, at McCollum Family Chiropractic. We had an amazing one um, in the last seven weeks. People were losing a ton of weight, um, learning how to fast, getting their health back, getting off pain meds. Uh, arthritis were going down. And we're starting a new one this Thursday, um, the 21st, at my office, McCollum Family Chiropractic. And um, so I'm going to play um, a little clip by Dr. Daniel Pompa, who's one of the mentors and the designer of this dynamic program. So let's listen to Dr. Uh, Dr. Daniel Pompa on this program. You're listening to McCollum Wellness Radio. So I'm here with Dr. Daniel Pompa, and uh, we've just had an amazing seminar. Um, and as you know, we are going to embark on a seven-week fasting um, extravaganza, if I would call it. And uh, Dr. Pompa is really helping us lay this out. And I thought maybe you could just give some words of encouragement and or any other advice that people might need. Well, there's some popular words out there right now, right? Intermittent fasting just happens to be the number one Googled health term right now, right? So if you don't know what it is, well, you'll find out. Um, ketosis, ketones, right? Another mm -hmm. one. I, I don't know what number it is, but it's in the top. There's a lot of interest in this right now. Well, you're going to learn about that. You're going to learn about how to be fat adapted and why that's important for most conditions that people are dealing with today, even weight loss resistance. Uh, but really, we're going to talk about you know, how all of that works up to a fast and what happens during a fast where your body actually 
eats its bad cells, literally. It's called autophagy. A Nobel Prize 2016 was won on this term. Um, and more importantly, how it raises up stem cells. Mm -hmm. and, and by the way, that's when we get older. That's kind of what we lose. And yeah, that's why exactly. you don't look as good or, or heal you, as fast. That's exactly what are you saying. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, not you. Oh, okay. Me too. But anyways, but when you fast, you, you raise up natural stem cells. So this process that you're going to be teaching, we as a group are going to be teaching, it's basically how to maximize these stem cells, how to maximize this autophagy, and really how to maximize healing and really longevity. I mean, you yeah. know, it goes beyond disease. This is talking about living long, healthy. So you're going to learn all of that. You need to be there. So basically, we're going to be, you know, people are probably going to have situations like autoimmune disease or weight loss resistance, all possibly pre-diabetic. People like this might benefit from something all, like this. All of it. Hormone dysregulation. I mean, people just don't feel well, aren't sleeping well. These are hormone problems, but you, you heard so many scientists talking about these principles and how they create this hormone optimization. And mm -hmm. that's why people can't lose weight, right? That's why people don't feel well. So, I mean, you're going to learn it all. I mean, it's it's something that nobody is doing. We have the largest group doing this. We have, I mean, look, $44 million was given from the NIH in this area, wow. you know, that you're going to be discussing. So yeah, I think absolutely. it's worth being there. So if you're wondering why you still don't feel well, and then you're going to hear some stuff you've never heard before, and we're going to really help you get on the road to recovery and enjoy the next chapter of your life. Yeah, absolutely. All right, All thank right. you so yeah, much. Absolutely. Dr. Fung is an amazing doctor, uh, nephrologist, who's really uh, breaking amazing ground with diabetes. And he has uh, been embracing the nation with um, fasting and how we can actually, through fasting, reverse type 2 diabetes. So we're really glad to have you here. And I thought Thank maybe you. you could just mention a few things about it. Yeah, it's uh, not very hard to understand because if you don't eat, then your body is going to need to use up that glucose because yeah. it's an energy source. So if you don't eat, your blood sugars will fall. Everybody knows that. So then why can't we use that as a therapeutic option? Because now you've got a, a sort of treatment that's 100% natural, completely free, and wouldn't that be better to do than to go see your doctor and take expensive medications that have potential side effects. Uh, and, and that's the real thing is that it, this, this represents a new option for people that a lot of people haven't thought about before. And it's like, if, if it works, great. If it doesn't work, well, you really haven't lost anything. Like you don't eat for, for a few hours. That's, that's mm -hmm. the only thing, you're hungry for a little bit. But you haven't lost anything, but if it works for you, it really can change your life because that type two diabetes can cause so many diseases, right? It can cause heart disease and kidney disease and blindness and stroke. Yeah, number and one cause of kidney failure too, exactly. right? Exactly, and it's no fun. And at that yeah. point, if you develop all those diseases, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that people always think is that, well, you know, I can go get some insulin from my doctor. Right. And the problem with that is that, yes, you can get insulin from your doctor, it won't make you healthier. Mm -hmm. That's the point. That if you have uh, type 2 diabetes and you take all these medications, you don't actually prevent any heart disease or strokes or anything like that. The insulin doesn't make it better because it doesn't get rid of the sugar. Yeah, and, and you were mentioning too that insulin, I mean, most people have a problem of too much insulin anyway. Yeah. So when you said, why the heck would you give somebody more insulin if their problem is too much insulin in the first place? Exactly. And the insulin, as everybody who takes it knows, causes weight gain. You mm -hmm. take insulin, you gain weight. Well, how is that going to make your diabetes? Well, it's going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. So you're taking a drug that, yes, your sugars will get better, but your underlying disease is going to get worse. Right. And it's like year after year, you're just giving yourself more medications. And guess what? That's exactly what we saw. So, you, you know, in the standard treatment, and the scary part, of course, is that you could go to 99% of doctors, even at like the fanciest medical schools, and they'll treat you exactly the same. So they'll give you first a drug and another drug, then insulin, more insulin, more insulin. Right. And they think that they're doing great, but you know, at the end of the day, they've got their heart disease, they've got their strokes, they've got their kidney disease, they haven't actually done anything. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you Thank coming you. here. You've helped so many people. Thank and you so it's much. Really great. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah.
looks like for some reason or other we were unable to connect up with Dr. Wakefield. He still may call in, but I am doing a, this uh, workshop um, today on what's going on in the world of vaccinations and what's going on with the laws out there. Uh, how can we protect ourselves? Uh, what rights do we have? And um, you know, it's a big controversy. And again, there's so much stuff going on in the media right now uh, with the political arena that I'm sure that things like vaccines aren't the only very important subject that are getting little attention. So this is my attempt to bring something that's uh, near and dear to my heart to the to the minds of people out there and to, to your awarenesses. Dr. Andrew, Andrew Wakefield, as um, some of you may know, was a um, gastroenterologist in uh, Europe. He actually discovered that there were lesions in the intestines of these young kids who had autism, and he was able to link them back um, to probable cause of the MMR vaccine. For that, he was... Uh, chastised and basically he lost his his license he was um basically lost his reputation he had to leave the country well he didn't have to leave the country but he did leave the country and he's been battling the cause um out here in the united states for quite a while so talking about um just autism in general you know the here's the statistics um Back in 2004, one out of 166 children were diagnosed with autism. In 2018, one out of 59 children are diagnosed with autism or in the autism spectrum. Two years ago, it was one out of, in 2016, it was one out of 68. So this is, could be considered an epidemic. I mean, look at the amount of um, children that are suffering from this. And if you think about it, as we grow older and the years go by, somebody's going to have to take care of these kids and it's going to be their, um, the people in their age group. So there's going to be a huge amount of need to take care of these autistic kids. There's a real good website you can go to. It's called learntherisk.org. And, you know, I know this is a real um, flammable subject. And I think anytime somebody gets a lot of emotion behind a subject, the most important thing for the, those people to do is calm down and look at the research. It's so easy to listen to one side of the um, aisle and then not really study the facts on the other side of the aisle. And um, so there's a lot of really interesting information out there. The President Reagan, back in 1986, passed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. It's called the NCVIA Act. And when he did this, basically it was supposed to be to protect the um, makers of the vaccines, but also be able to protect the children, uh, the people that were being vaccinated. Dr. Wakefield's on? Awesome. Well, good. We've got Dr. Wakefield here. And so Griffin's going to tune him in in just a second here. So this is very good. Let me know when we got him on there. Dr. Wakefield? If he's on, I can't hear him. You got to come show me how to get him on. <laughs> so Dr. Wakefield, thank you so much for being on. I'm waiting so that I can hear you. Griffin's going to come in and help me with that. I've been going over some of the um, statistics your story in England, the Lancet Journal. Or can you hear me? I can indeed. Can you hear me? Yeah, there we are. Okay. Wonderful. I am personally, I'm so sorry. I thought this was tomorrow. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, there, there we go. Lack of communication. There we are. No problem. I must have misread the email. There we are. Never mind. Okay. Well, very good. So we were just talking about... I've kind of gone over, you know, what happened in The Lancet. I've talked about the fact that Dr. William Thompson came forward from the CDC and, and spilled some beans there. Maybe, and I, my goal in the amount of time we have left is, number one, to find out a little bit about you, what led you to, to create the first movie, Vaxxed, and what you're working on now and how we can help you. So I'll just let you take the lead from there. Right. Well, I, I thank you very much. I was a gastroenterologist working in London and uh, started seeing children with uh, autism and gastrointestinal problems. And 
and it was related to the vaccine. They'd regressed after MMR in many cases, and the parents were very clear about this. They weren't anti-vaccine. They'd taken their kids to be vaccinated on time, and, and they suffered a disastrous consequence. So when this became public, it was clearly anathema to the pharmaceutical industry and the government and most of the rest of the medical profession. So they wanted to silence it, and they're very good at doing that, and that's what happened to me. And uh, that was all a very long time ago. So they piece by piece took away my ability to practice medicine and to conduct science. And so I thought, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to help these children? So I started making films. And in the middle of all this, Dr. William Thompson, who was a senior scientist at the Centers for Disease Control in the Vaccine Safety Office, came forward and said, we have known for 14 years that MMR vaccine is causally associated with autism. It, in fact, tested a hypothesis that we gave them way back in 2000, which was that it was younger age of exposure that was the risk. The younger you got the vaccine, the greater the risk. That was our theory. They tested it. They proved that it was correct. And they decided that rather than tell the public and be honest and publish the data, they would destroy the data and conceal it. It put millions of American children, children around the world, in harm's way, in, in, at risk of serious permanent neurological damage in order to protect themselves and the vaccine program. He could no longer live with that. So this is and Dr. Thompson forward. came forward from the CDC and, and he contacted you or he talked to, uh, contacted uh, Del Bigtree or somebody, right? No, no, no. He contacted Brian Hooker originally. Brian Hooker had been filing FOIA requests to the CDC and he'd been, uh, Thompson had been dealing with those and he felt that Brian was someone that he could confess to, a father of a vaccine-injured child. And Brian told me, and we recorded Thompson, and, and off we went. And so we produced Bax. Bax was an astonishing film in many ways um, because the publicity it got came about because of censorship. And it was, as you may well know, it was selected for Tribeca, uh, which was a great honor for us. And then... The pharmaceutical industry sponsors of Tribeca or industry-related sponsors uh, called the organizers, including De Niro, and said, pull this film, it can't play. And the first time ever Tribeca censored a movie in an independent film festival. It was quite extraordinary. Wow. And then De Niro realized he'd been deceived and he went on the Today Show the following Monday and he said that was a mistake. We should never have pulled that film. Everybody needs to see it. And all he wanted to talk about during that entire Today Show was the film that didn't play at Tribeca rather than those that did. And from that point forward, it exploded around the world. And every time they've tried to censor it, it's just got worse. And it's just happened on Amazon. You've probably just seen it. Amazon Prime have just censored Vaxxed. Um, and immediately it went to number four in DVD sales on Amazon. That's amazing. Above the, the Green Book, you know, the, the Academy Award winning Yeah. And I, and I heard that Facebook was going to um, do some censorship. I don't know if that's true or not, or if you have any data on that. I haven't seen it yet. That's what, I, that's what I'm told, and I, yeah. but I'm still seeing stuff up there. Um, there is a global campaign to silence any kind of dissent, any, however scientific the construct of the arguments, however important, however one is a supporter of free speech and the First Amendment, they are going to take that away. Why? Because it interferes with their business model and their desire to force vaccinate every child on the planet. Um, and, and now they're looking to get the adults, right? Oh, absolutely. And they want you not just from cradle to grave, but from in utero wow. to grave. They want to mandate vaccination for everybody. Now, Doctor, or excuse me, President Reagan's act, I was just mentioning that in 1986, was designed to help protect the, the children as well as the, the um, makers of the vaccines, I guess. And it's pretty one-sided and we're struggling. I, I had mentioned earlier Dr. Dr. Stanley Plotkin's testimony in his um, arbitration for that eight-hour uh, test thing. And, and so what, what, do you, what can you add about that? Well, the, 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 the Vaccine Act was, you know, an attempt by a, a group of people to bring about some sanity to prevent parents from having to go through six years of litigation in in federal court where they would spend a lot of money and, and, and be 
put on the stand and treated very badly and and that's what was happening and so there were very good intentions initially all of those good intentions were corrupted um the intentions were to give a measure of immunity to the pharmaceutical industry for damage done by their vaccines that was unavoidably unsafe but most importantly to compensate children who were injured by vaccines uh, generously fairly and expeditiously and um, to make sure that the vaccine safety science was done the only thing that has succeeded beyond the industry's wildest dreams is of course protection of the industry from liability everything else has been a complete and utter failure and that is because the federal agencies like the cdc have made sure that it's a failure they were meant to do the science they didn't do the science when they were forced to do the science they corrupted the science just like the william thompson study so they've behaved disgracefully and uh, that's what the new film is about and it will highlight all of these issues what's the name of your new film it's called the act the act okay Oh, it's, that's after this act. Indeed. Oh, cool. Okay. And then now, one thing that I know, and I've you know I've I've met you a couple times and listened to you speak, and we had a closed door session with a small group of people, which was amazing to be able to sit down and talk to you about all that. But um, you you know I know that a lot of people out there think that vaccines are well. Um, tested, there you know, years and years of studies to find out whether they're safe or not, where even Dr. Plotkins had said most of the studies are four days. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not at all. Vaccine safety studies are by and large appalling. Not only are the vaccines full of ingredients that have never been tested for safety, but were grandfathered in, like thimerosal, which was in many childhood vaccines, is still in the majority of flu vaccines given to children and pregnant women. Um, never tested for safety, one of the most lethal substances on the planet. Uh, and now aluminum, never tested for safety, allowed in there, a very powerful stimulus to the immune system, but a neurotoxin as well. Yeah, and Dr. And Dr. Steph- yeah, Dr. Stephanie Seneff um, from MIT has done some studies um, off of your study, I believe. she And she says now with the, the glutamate, which is in the MMR, it, and the glyphosate that we're consuming hides the aluminum and allows it to get into our brain and, and through the gut even more readily. Yeah, what we, what we have is a, a toxic nightmare, in effect. We have no idea, none, what the interaction between these substances are, except, for example, in the case of mercury and aluminum, we know that they potentiate the toxicity of each other, so it makes it one whole lot worse. This is a real nightmare, and there have never been adequate safety studies to even begin to address it. So, uh, so vaccines are not safe. So, you know, um, I was talking to somebody earlier today who's 97 years old, and she was telling me, well, she received a few, you know, like vaccines back in those days. What's, you know, it's now I think, I think I probably got five as a kid or maybe 10. Now I think by the time you're 18 months old or 15 months old, you were supposed to get seven or 24 different doses of vaccines. That's right. And 72 by the time you leave. By 17? High school. Yeah. No, 72 by the time you leave high school, 72 doses. So someone's making a great deal of money off uh, what is a, a dangerous and untested policy. And now we have a new six-in-one vaccine called Vaxillus, I guess. Have you heard of that? I haven't heard of that one, but the the similar GlaxoSmithKline one was was, uh, another hexavalent vaccine which was related to deaths in Europe, uh, which were covered up by that company. So um, we, we have real problems. So what do you, you know, what do you think is the best course for a mother or a family out there that are struggling living in states like California and or I think even Oregon is putting this in now where, you know, it's mandatory vaccines. You have to have a, a, your kid vaccinated if you want him to go to any school that gets a penny from the government. What, what, is our, what is the recourse for them? Well, it's very difficult. Your rights have been taken away. Um, once you've educated yourself on this subject, I mean, really educated yourself, you would be very, very cautious about vaccinating your child. You most certainly wouldn't submit them to mandatory vaccination. And it's people are leaving the states, those, certainly California, in droves as a consequence of this. Yeah, I know. Um, and I suspect that the same will happen at, in Oregon now. 
um, parents are going to put their children first and they're going to leave the state once they know of the risks associated with these vaccines, once they know the lack of safety studies, once they know the toxicity of the substances that are in the vaccines, then they're not going to let their children have them. So now, is your movie that coming out, The Act, is that, uh, is that going to be addressing some of this new information or uh, talking about what happened back then in 1986? Can you give us a little bit of an idea? Well, it's, it's, it's a fascinating story. It's a three-part documentary series, so it'll uh, play in three parts, three acts. And uh, the first part is, the first act is the history of the act, why it really came into being, what was the truth behind why the industry desperately needed to be indemnified? Why could they not face going before a jury in a court of law? That's the first part. The second part is the uh, corruption of the act by the federal agencies and others uh, once it had been passed and the failure of the act as a consequence to achieve anything on behalf of the children, particularly those with autism, although some have been compensated to the tune of about $4 billion. So, you know, the idea that vaccine injury doesn't exist is utter nonsense. Um, and then the third part is really centered around an end run around the act, and that is um, a child going to state court in a medical malpractice case, who, a child who developed autism after his vaccines, which would never have been given to him because he was sick at the time. And the question is, well, how will this play out before a jury? This question, vaccines and autism, has never gone before a jury in the history of America. Wow. And this will be the first time that this ever happens. So the third part, we don't know the end of the story. And that kind of makes it really interesting to watch. So this is really uh, a really interesting point. I want to make sure that our public hear what you just said. So, so far, any lawsuits that have come about or because of children that are being damaged by autism has never gone to a jury trial. It's been, it's just been, they've been settled by a judge or hard, how has that worked? Well, what was really interesting is that in the early years of the act, they were settled. They were compensated automatically in many cases because they had an encephalopathy or brain damage, which then led the child to developing the behavioral features of autism, which is effectively autism. Mm -hmm. uh, now, what happened then is they started to cost the system a lot of money. And so what they had to do was to cull those cases from compensation. And that's the, the, the HHS, CDC did exactly that. They manipulated the system to get those children out of compensation and to leave them with no recourse whatsoever to justice. Oh my gosh. Now, you know, I think we have kind of a precedent in this and, and that's with glyphosate or Roundup, right? I mean, I think that glyphosate, we had a case settle in, in the United, in California for something like I've, I had some horrendous amount of millions of dollars for a gentleman who worked in uh, as a janitor at a school and he got, I, I don't know if it was non-Hodgins lymphoma or something terrible, but it was the first time it was taken to a trial. So every other time glyphosate had been in the, the courts, it, no, no, you know, it wasn't in front of our peers. When the, when the public had a chance to listen to the story and vote on it, it was horrendous to Monsanto and, and great for the country, you know, for our safety, what happened. Is this what you're kind of expecting once the public gets a chance to listen to the facts of the case? That is what I'm sincerely hoping. I think that juries have the ability to see through this kind of thing. For example, in the Monsanto case, what really made them angry and reached the decision that they, they reached, which was, what, $800 million, odd, which was reduced on appeal, I think, to around 45, but it was still a lot of money, um, was that, they, that this was known. This risk was known and it was covered up. Fake journals were produced, fake data were produced, people were coerced and bullied. Everything was done rather than actually make it safe or get it out of there. Um, and this is what industry does. This is what companies do. When they run into problems, they don't. They take the most expeditious business decision rather than one which protects children. And that is what I believe the drug companies are terrified about going to court about because they will be discovered they will be revealed what they've actually done will 
become public knowledge and a jury will be very very angry about that well i think um you know there's a many many americans that are looking forward to something happening and and actually the truth to come out about what is happening behind our back and what we've been exposed to and um, so how can we help you? What, what, can you? Do you need some support from us for this movie coming out, the act? What, what do you need from the public? We do. We need, we need help. And we need help because the court case was delayed for two years. Mm-hmm. So we had to rebudget and rebudget. And uh, we, the, the film became bigger and, and far more comprehensive, far more interesting as a consequence, but also more expensive. So we need help we need financial help we need funding um we have a 501c3 a charity so it can be a tax-exempt donation it's called ccff uh, which is short for crystal clear film foundation wow and uh, i will send the details to you so that you can share it with your listeners if if they are willing happy to help us with this it is an extremely important film Vax, let me just put it in context. Before Vax came out in the YouGov annual poll where they asked, do you believe vaccines cause autism? The response was uh, 13%. One year later, after Vax came out in the same poll, that was 31%. That is the change in public opinion as a consequence of the power of film, bringing the truth to people. That's 31% a- of people. And that is in that we've... We're way beyond that now. So, but with film, we will push that even further. Can you tell me what the acronym is again? CCFF. CCFF, Crystal Clear Film Foundation. Okay. But if people are writing checks, then CCFF is fine. And and do we find that online? Uh, um, it's not online. We haven't put it online, but uh, we can. I will certainly get the contact details to your radio station. Uh, okay, great. And then so what, get it to me, them. and I'll put it on my Facebook. It's um, any. I'm running a Facebook right now as well as this. It's Dr. Duncan McCollum, DC. I'll put it on there. I'll also give it to the people here at KSCO so that they can um, have it available for anybody who wants to call in. That's that's pretty cool. So, Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll run that by in a few more minutes again, just to make sure, because some people are tuning in as they drive in their car. We're talking to Dr. Andrew Wakefield. Dr. Wakefield is a uh, the the producer, the filmmaker of the of the movie Vax, the documentary that exposes what's going on with the vaccination of our children and how it's damaging them, and how the research really isn't there. Um, that most of the public feels that the research is there. They can't believe that we would be exposed to these things without adequate research. And um, we do have people kind of check in and check out on the show, Dr. Wakefield. So do you want to just comment on that again for the news, to the new uh, listeners? Yes. I mean, uh, what's astonishing and to me as, as a physician as well was the, just the sheer lack of safety studies that were performed on these vaccines, there has never, ever been a safety study of the combined schedule that children are given. So they can be given nine vaccines on the same day that might at various times have been tested individually, but have never been tested together. So they're multiplying the dose many times. They're giving a whole lot of toxins in there, and they have absolutely no idea what the consequence is for the child's developing immune system. Yeah, and now uh, speaking of the damage, the ch- children that have been damaged. I mean, obviously, um, there's got to be a way to help these guys with you know brain function and and detoxification of the brain. We know that um, there's also on top of anything that they could be exposed to. There's a genetic uh, probability some kids are going to be more likely to be affected than others. But we have such terrible stuff in our environment. We've mentioned glyphosate that actually carries toxins through the intestines and into the brain um, more readily than before. Uh, families are still feeding kids a very unhealthy, the standard American diet just is, is, is not really helping this whole issue. And the immune system has got so blown up by the vaccines that it, it starts fighting the own the body and it can start causing autoimmune diseases that we hear about down the road yes the tragedy is that america over 50 percent of american children now have a chronic health condition 
we're looking at the unhealthiest generation in history. And it's quite astonishing that the more vaccines that are given that, the more unhealthy children are. And if you look at Mississippi, which has the highest vaccine uptake in the country, it also has the worst child health in the country. So something is terribly wrong. Did you just say that 50% of the children in our country are, are have a chronic disease? A chronic health condition, yes, over yeah. 50 Wow, and that's three months of a condition, I believe, as a chronic disease is defined as three months of an ongoing condition. Is that correct, as far as you know? That's, uh, I'm, I'm not aware of that definition, yeah. but uh, that sounds about right. Well, we've got a lot to do, you know. Um, I know that you're working tirelessly out there. You've uh, really taken it on the jaw for us. And uh, we really appreciate, um, you know, everything that you're doing. And I hope that some of the people out there are going to um, ch check into my Facebook, Dr. Duncan McCollum, D.C. We'll have the information posted so that you can make donations to uh, the new film called The Act. And it's a three-part series that Dr. Wakefield is putting together um, following the one vax that was uh, took a nation by surprise. Um, any anything that you know going on uh, that is people there's a there's a documentary out I'm sure you're aware of it by Dr. Jim Tempo Dr. Pompa's on it as well as Dr. Knight and Jeff Knight and it's called um, Healing from Vaccines I believe and so this is such a big issue that there's a lot of the natural health um, practitioners especially people who work with Dr. Pompa, who are really trying to help these kids by detoxifying their brain, healing the digestive system in the gut, changing the diet and trying to help them because there's so little research out there on what to do. And have you any comment on that? What families that have damaged children or that have been exposed to this kind of subject, what they could do? Oh, you know, we we were you know started this kind of thing way back in 1986, um, sorry 96 at the Royal Free in London. It's based upon mother's insights about you know the intervention with diet and nutritional supplements and probiotics and this kind of thing. And it's all come to, to pass. It's all come to be true. And Dan is doing an amazing job. The naturopaths, the uh, interventionists, the holistic doctors, they are doing an extraordinary job stepping into the breach and helping heal these children when mainstream medicine has absolutely nothing to offer as far as they're concerned. For example, autism is dead-end disease. Put your child in a home, get over it, move on, have another one. That's the kind of attitude that still pervades mainstream medicine, and yet so much can be done and is being done. So parents, please don't give up. You know, Look I, for it. I was yeah. going to say, I have, you know, oftentimes I have children. I treat a lot of kids in my practice. I, you know, I'm a chiropractor. I do a lot of nutrition, a lot of Dr. Pompa's work. Um, but sometimes these parents come in and you're, you're, you just explained the, the look I see in their eyes, which is there's no hope. There's, they've been told there's no hope. They're, they're put on medications. These kids are put into chemical straitjackets that just keeps them, um, you know, quiet and docile rather than uh, really trying to do the cutting edge. And, and there's, there's no place for them to really find this stuff. You know, there's tons of government agencies to give them people to watch after them. But there's, you know, we know that there's a lot that can be done to, to help detoxify the brain, especially when the kids are growing. That's the best time to do it. Absolutely. And I, you know, shout out for chiropractors who are doing a wonderful job with I've really enjoyed meeting and integrating with chiropractors over the last 10 years or so. I've learned a great deal. So there is a huge amount that can be done. There are many practitioners involved in it. Uh, please find one. There are, the resources are there online. Uh, for many people, the starting point, interestingly, in treating autism, in putting vaccine injury right, is the gut. Start with the gut clean up the gut, heal the gut, get rid of the inflammation, uh, which is the, really the seat of the immune system. And once you do that, then you can produce huge benefit to children. Sorry about the noise. That's okay. And this is, this is actually what kind of led you to this in the first place, being a gastroenterologist. From what I recall, you were finding lesions in the gut to some of these kids that were you found to be um, developing this term called autistic back in the 90s. And that's what led you down this path of being a world saver, really, you know, and uh, it's, 
it's pretty amazing. Yes, what, what, what parents led us to, and it's really simply a matter of listening to the parents. As I said, I'm sure my child's got bowel problems. He's got bowel disease because he's having diarrhea 12 times a day. He's failing to thrive got skin rashes there's something wrong with his gut and they were absolutely right and uh, so all credit to the parents we were just doing our job um, and this bowel disease and the bowel the gut brain connection is now the most common the most consistent scientific finding in children with autism around the world you know what's really interesting too and i know i believe you're going to be in nashville right speaking of I, no i'm not sadly i'm not oh okay uh, well you'll be the trailer will be at Nashville, but I won't be there. Okay, well, you'll be missed greatly. But, you know, as you are know, and uh, maybe some people know out here and who we're speaking to, but, you know, health has gone from, you know, the human um, genome, from the human, studying the human genes, to now actually study the bugs in our gut. There's 100 trillion bugs in our gut, a whole bunch in our mouth. These these microbiome are actually, they're look, scientists is, are looking towards the microbiome to help us become healthy now or for the cause of disease. And it's really important because you, you know, have really discovered way back when that the gut was really responsible for the the brain, the gut-brain connection, we now know that there's microbiome that actually communicate with the brain, and we don't even know how that does that. But the studies and the science is so new, and it's changing every day. It's really exciting to know that there is hope. We can start to heal the digestive system, get the neurotransmitters working well, get the these little friends of ours called the microbiome to do what they're supposed to do. Our body can have a chance to heal if we can pull all the toxins or a certain amount out of the body. There's a way to really increase the quality of life of these, these children. Yes, isn't it fascinating that less than 100 years ago, bacteria, bugs were um, the enemy. <laughs> we did everything we could to destroy them. And now it turns out, in fact, that the majority are our friends and we should treat them with the greatest of respect because no man is an island. They, we need these bugs. They're part of us. Uh, one scientist I met recently said we're nine-tenths bacteria, one part human. So, wow. Um, you know, that really kind of says it all. I think the first guy, and I, you might know who he is, who looked at the microscope and saw those little organisms crawling around in that drop of water started a war against them, but they're they're surviving. We're almost done here. I just want to make a comment. I, I, I was watching Planet Earth the other day, and I was watching this part on the Congo, and how the ecosystem of the Congo, how amazing it is. And, you know, trees fall down, and they're devoured in days by the organisms, and then the ants take over and then the cordyceps come and kill the ants. But this Congo is this beautiful ecosystem. And, you know, our body is the same thing. If we just can get out of the way and let it do what it's supposed to do, we've got this idea. And I, you haven't really stated your stance on, you know, whether you think vaccines or, or something to help improve the immune system artificially to our own ability is, is important or not. But we know throughout history, you know, there's been, um, well, uh, there's been some thought that the vaccines have helped with a lot, but if we look at the graphs, we we know something different. But what do you, you know, There's there's got to be something that we can do to enhance our immune system. I know there's a doctor that's doing prophylactic, uh, um, homeopathic type of uh, things to help boost the immune system towards... Um, in, you know, improving this, the human, human immune system strength towards various organisms. Do you have any uh, comment or thoughts on that? Well, there are a certain more obvious things like the observation that uh, vitamin A supplementation in children and measles outbreaks in Africa dramatically improved survival and this kind of thing. So there are things that can be done and clearly they're targeted at nutritional supplementation and optimizing the diet um there may well be other things that we can do and breastfeeding for example is, is terribly important um and yet the vaccinologists are trying to persuade people not to breastfeed because it interferes with seroconversion to their vaccines and therefore uh, making them less effective therefore breastfeeding is no no longer natural wow uh, vaccination is natural that is so perverse um as to be almost unbelievable it is but um you know i 
the less intervention, the better. I'm not. It's not an anti-vaccine argument. Yeah. Um, vaccines must be a choice. They must be an educated choice, a fully informed choice. Exactly. You can't force people to take these things, and people can get educated. And once they've been educated and given the truth, then they can decide for themselves. I want this for my children, or I don't. So it's not an anti-vaccine issue. It's just simply saying, medicine, public health, governments simply do not have dominion over your body or your children's bodies. Have no right to make that decision about what risks you should take and what consequences you should have to suffer um, without any assistance from them. So yeah. it, it is a terribly important time in America right now. Especially um, especially when we have found out that there has been cover-ups of the information. You know, I'm, we should not ever be forced anyway, but when we have um, people at the various highest levels deceiving the public because of whatever reason that might line their pockets or who knows what it's uh it's pretty scary um tell us one more time about your new movie and then um then we'll we'll probably have to wrap it up but dr andy wakefield thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it i texted you last night you responded and said let's do it and here we are so just give us one more uh, little blip on what's going on with your next uh, documentary Right, the, the new movie is a three-part series called The Act. It uh, follows the, the history, the corruption, and the consequences intended and unintended of the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, um, which has really, in many people's eyes, driven the epidemic of neurodevelopmental disorders in children following vaccination and has lined the pockets of the pharmaceutical industry like nothing else yeah so it's amazing you know, it's it, it's a film that really it's time has come and people need to get behind it and people most certainly need to see it when it comes out well thank you so much i really appreciate you coming on and i'm sure we'll be seeing you down the road and maybe we can when you get close to getting that movie out we'll do a we'll do another talk if you like and um, i'm sure i'll be seeing you somewhere along the line thank you so much wonderful bye thanks so much bye-bye this episode of McCollum Wellness Radio, please share it with a friend and tell them one helpful fact that you learned today. Remember, the best way to learn is to teach.